Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about the fact that your art, you, anything that you do in life does not need to make sense. <laughs> does not need to make sense. This should be fun. The reason we're going to talk about this is because um, I, I get a lot of questions from artists all over the world asking certain things, you know, because they're they're about maybe to do their first art show or they're about to uh, sign up for a gallery or enter some kind of art competition or do a yard and art sale or just put their art out there in general, uh, even posting to social media and a lot of times um, the questions are more along the lines of like, so is this right or is this wrong? Does this make sense? You know, if I do this, will the results be this? Will it make sense to people? And that's why I think that it's important that we talk about that in this podcast and, you know, just really, really break some of the myths that are out there when it comes to putting your artwork out there, being an artist and things making sense to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as the title of this podcast says, you don't have to make sense. You don't have to make sense. And that's what we're really going to get into here. And by the way, you guys, if you're listening to this at home, we have our amazing Rogue Artist family here with us. These are artists from all over the world who uh, add their insights, questions, all kinds of great stuff to the podcast so, yeah, so if you hear us reading comments, that's who we're reading our comments from. They're way more brilliant than we are. Yes, they are. They're the <laughs> ones that make these podcasts actually good. So, yeah. Uh, what, oh, my God, totally agree. Nothing needs to make sense to anyone. Yes, Zara, nothing, nothing needs to make sense. You know, it's funny because when I first started, that was one of those questions that was there lingering in the background behind every decision that I would make, right? So I would be like, all right, so this is the series that I'm, I, I became popular for my Me and It series and my Seasons of Change series, mm-hmm. right? And then I wanted to do these like dark creatures where there was writing. It was basically like a representation of the stick man, right? It was this dark creature that was telling you that you can't do it or whatever. And all those things were crossed out and the opposite was there. It was like the, the stick man and the cheerleader. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I can't release this. Like all my stuff is like bright colors and like really, really happy. And like, this is like a shadowy figure and, and all this stuff. And it's, it's interesting because at that point it was like, well, I'm going to create this because I want to, Mm -hmm. And it's either just going to sit there hidden away where nobody's going to see it or I'm going to put it out there. And over the years, my experience has been that it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the, there are going to be people that it resonates with and then the rest of the people will be like, I like your birds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you were just ahead of yourself. You were doing shadow work and you didn't even know it. Right. <laughs> I was. I was doing shadow work. Um, I think uh, I've noticed in recent times that there are certain things that resonate with people that when you start dissecting them, they don't make sense, but they touch on an emotional level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's good. Um, So it doesn't always need to surface make sense if it's hitting an emotional button for someone. I think that's one thing I've been paying attention to. 
as someone who likes things to make sense, at least I like my things to make sense to me. I mean, really, at the end of the day, that's all that it could make sense to. Yeah. And when you're putting it out there, I think that that's the problem is that whenever we get into the mindset where we're trying to think of like what other people, right? It's like this vague idea of like, what do other people like? Mm-hmm. What kind of, whenever you get those questions, like what kind of art sells in this area? It's like, what are you talking about? Like oh. there isn't this, like you never have this thing that is across the board. No. And, and that's why I think it's important that like you don't try to make sense. You just make sense to yourself as much as you can. Especially if it's in the conceptual stage, like you haven't even made it yet. Like I recently elevator pitched an exhibition idea to someone and I realized as I was saying it and I was watching their micro expressions that they were super weirded out by the idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I got like, oh, that's a really interesting concept. Oh, that's special. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, in my mind, in my brain jar, I can see it. And I understand that, like, I'm not going to be able to convey it no matter how much I explain it, right? No, no. And the truth is that your art, your creations, whatever you do, they are going to communicate that to the people that it does make sense to, right? And that's really ultimately what matters because you got to be you got to be you you got to express yourself authentically because if you don't then you're getting pulled in a billion different directions and it will drive you crazy tish said uh perfect perfect timing timing. nothing in my life makes sense great charity said i've taught that to my kids since they were little you create it's art. No matter what anyone else says, as long as you create it, you like it, that's all that matters. Boom. Great. Great. That's exactly how it works. I think the the thing that I feel most important to touch on here is understanding that the way that every human being thinks is different. And, like, you'll have people that get you on on really deep levels and you'll have people that get you on surface levels and everywhere in between. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also, I think it's helpful to understand that like no one's going to ever fully get you because they don't see life through your filter. And so different levels of understanding are kind of the norm. And you're going to find your people that get you on levels that are satisfying. And then there's going to be people who never get you no matter how much you think you might want them to and that's part of being human and that's part of what makes us so interesting to one another is that we can share things that are mysterious and um surprising and all everything in between with one another yeah and you're full of uh you know you you are full of inside jokes right that Mm -hmm. certain people know like i think about it and if i go like i don't know Right. Um, You know exactly what that means. Right. That's my dad. My dad, when you when he's doing something and he's like, I don't know if this is going to work, he'll like say blurt out loud like, I don't know. I don't know. Or when a tornado was coming at us from a a few yards away. And he closed his 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 flight fight or flight instinct was self-preservation and he closed the door and we were on the outside i was like what are you doing i don't know (laughs) i don't know and then he just closed it yeah um but yeah i i think the best thing we can do is we we share gems with each other and the best thing that it does is it it allows us to have a different perspective momentarily or think differently about something because we don't get 
each other. If we all got each other, there'd be nothing to say. That's true. That's true. And there wouldn't really be anything new because like, you know, you are living your life via your perspective. Now, Rachel says something here that's really interesting and I want to expand on this. Okay. She said, I'm used to not making sense. I find that the art stuff I do is more popular about two years after I stop. I just decided I'm ahead of my time. I like I it. I love that. And that is the truth of it. There were a lot of things that upon introduction of them right? A new series that I introduced. The fact of the matter is that nobody knew that it existed. Nobody was used to seeing it. The truth is that things that are popular, right? Whenever you hear people talk about things that are popular, it's just popular because it's been seen more often, Mm -hmm. right? So when you're introducing something that is brand new, that is your creation, right? Your style, something that you wanted to see, you know, and you take out a couple examples to an art show, this is the most likely the first time that anybody's seeing it. And in reality, they got to see it a few more times before it really starts to sink in. And that's that's the reality. Some people will go up to it. Very few people will go up to it and right away make a connection. Um, but for the most part, people have to see it more than once before they, they start to really understand, like, what it, what is this about? Or, like, come up with their own narrative for it. And so it is about putting it out there and just being patient. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where that question, one of the other questions that I get is like, what do I do with the art that doesn't sell? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you hold on to it and you take it out to shows. You keep taking it out to shows. It's like there. No, it's like Cruz said, the more that people don't get it, the more we know that we're trailblazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aurora says sense. Nothing makes sense either. Uh, C-E-N-T-S. Yeah. (laughs) Shan Shan, yes, you should never compromise your artistic itch to stay in some niche or medium for your people. Like those are the only people switching. It just makes stuff for people you haven't found yet. Yeah. And I mean, you see that uh, blatantly happening on YouTube all the time where people start a YouTube channel and they're like, they have like this niche. They're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this thing because this is what's popular right now. And then they grow an audience, right? And now they're stuck doing that thing because that's what that audience signed up for to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with art. If you're like, well, I'm just going to do this because this is popular. And then you become popular for it, right? Uh, People start to identify you as you're the sea oats by the ocean guy, you're the horses and farm guy. You're the wine and vineyards guy, right? Because that happens to be popular in your area, but you actually don't enjoy creating it. Well, guess what? You're going to become popular the more of it you put out there. And then that's your niche. That's you've just pigeonholed yourself in a place like that. Now, what I recommend is let's say that you're in that place be okay with just turning it off, being like, you know what, um, I no longer create these, and this is the direction that I'm heading in. And sure, you're going you're gonna to have people drop off, but the fact of the matter is that a lot of people are there because they support you and what you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for that 
reason, we would have like no one following us or like, you know, like we've changed direction so many times over the last few years. Yeah, and as people drop off, new people find it and the cycle continues. Absolutely. On hand said, my wife learned to say, hmm, I guess I'll have to see it. I've rarely made sense most of my life. Yeah, Yeah. you know, that's so true. And even as much as Rafi and I, air quotes, get each other, um, we have those moments all the time where one of us is explaining a thing and the other one is like, I don't know what you just said, little kid. You're going to have to show me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the fun part of it. It's like somebody, you know, you could tell that Clee or myself is really excited about something because we go into detail explaining it. And the other one is like, I okay, great. I can tell you're super jazzed about yeah, it. I can't wait awesome. to see. awesome. I am super supportive. I can't wait to see it because right now, nothing that you're saying makes any sense to me. Shan Chan said, so true, Klee, about humans being interested mm-hmm. in one another because we are different. Uh, Zara said, I'm so glad my honey doesn't ask questions. It's actually amazing since he's incredibly practical and responsible and I believe is unseen possibilities that 100% do come true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chan Chan said, I love learning all this old lore since I am newer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I read Cruz's comment about trailblazing. I love that. Uh, Shan Chan said, we could rename this podcast Words of Wisdom with Clee. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's where a lot of the wisdom comes from. It does come from Clee. So... I think that the Rogue fam just pulls out the bits of wisdom out of my brain jar. Um, Aurora said, I gave up trying to be understood years ago. I know I'm a weirdo. Weirdos are the fun people. Exactly. Exactly. It's a strange eccentrics you know and that's the thing is like a lot of people you know as an artist like i look at myself and i'm like i'm not eccentric at all i'm not weird i'm not (laughs) any of those things right (laughs) because it's normal to me this is my life um it's always fun having a conversation with someone where it's very clear that like this isn't normal right and and you forget right we are full-time artists this is what we do for a living we are right now talking to an amazing group of artists from all around the world via the internet, Mm -hmm. Uh, right? This isn't like normal life for a lot of people. The internet wasn't normal. No, the internet's not normal. Live streaming's not normal. Creating art for a living is not normal. Putting together an art exhibition is not normal. Like none of these things are things that normal people do. And so you live outside of that world. You know, some of us as artists, we have what we would consider a normal job. And then, you know, we have the art side of what we do. And I think that I think a lot of times it's one of the roadblocks that creatives run into is that they try to normalize the art side of what they do. Mm -hmm. Right. To make it make sense to other people that this would never make sense to to begin with. Well, I think part of the reason for that is that um, people, uh, we sometimes feel pain, emotional pain, when we're not understood. Um, Let me elaborate on this a little bit. So a lot of people, but a lot of creative people and a lot of like emotionally um, sensitive people, you're talking to someone, right? And you're watching their micro expressions and their body language. And there are certain indicators when somebody is not tracking with you or they don't get you or they don't um, jive with what you're saying. The furrow brow, 
right? The, the like, I don't know, there's certain indicators. Where they open their eyes really wide, like, uh-huh, and they slowly nod their head or as glazed, if they understand. Yeah, or they're glazed over or they're starting to turn their body away from you. So these are indicators that I think when we're young people, right, we're taught that this is bad and this creates uh, emotional distress for us. And part of the reason for that is um, when someone, when you're talking to someone and someone shuts down, right, because there's a barrier there for whatever reason, then it's sort of a conversation killer, right? There's really no, there's nowhere to go from there. And I think when you're the one that's talking, then you're e- you either start babbling because it makes you nervous, which feels bad, or you shut down too, and then it gets awkward, and then you awkwardly, like, end it in part ways. And I think this is where if I had like a wish to put out there, um, I would say I wish that people would ask more questions when they don't get something. Um, And that's something that I've developed or learned to do when I don't get something is ask more questions because questions keep the conversation going. Um, but the other component to that is it doesn't have to be painful right? when people don't get you. But we are kind of programmed to read those social cues and then we experience discomfort when it's indicated to us that we're not tracking with someone. Well, it's because, you know, for the most part, people are taught from a very early age that you got to do whatever it takes to be accepted. Yes, right? to be socially acceptable. And that's, that's very like caveman days. Like you got to be accepted by the tribe because if you're not accepted by the tribe, then you're out on your own in the cold and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's just not reality anymore. Like there are a lot more people on this planet than there were in the caveman days. And so your tribe could be a very, very specific key group that is, you know, that jives with you and you are going to run into people that just don't get it. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. Now, I've I don't have an issue with those interactions. The moment that somebody is like not getting it, um, I like messing with them and then I'll joke with them and then I'll walk away. And go find somebody else to have a conversation with. I've had a number of different reactions and um, realizing that I'm not like I'm not communicating in a way that this person can understand or they're not interested. And it really is case by case. Right. It, it's OK to say, like, I, I I'm getting the impression you're not jiving with what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe I'm communicating ineffectively. One time, I literally just stopped talking mid-sentence and just walked away. Yeah. Um, Because it was just like nothing was going to happen. I've done that a lot, too. Um, I I remember it's actually in one of my books where um, you were talking to this lady and she wasn't really getting it. And the moment that you saw me, you were talking about my art. And the moment that you saw me, you were like, oh, and here's the artist. And I came up. And I'm talking to her, and I could see this, like, glazed-over look. And she just looked at me. I'm wearing a red bandana. She looks at me, and she's like – so I'm like, yeah, so this entire thing started my journey of being an artist and my journey of really, really – and the next words were going to be um, of being free from the whole corporate world of really, really – and she stopped me and was like, of being a pirate? And I, at that moment, I was like, yes, being a pirate. And then I just walked away because I was like, this conversation's over. Right. This, this person's not even 
paying attention. Shan Chan said, Rafi, your art specifically, I appreciate it so much more after you explained the thought process. But with my art, I love hearing what someone thinks about knowing. Without I, knowing. Without knowing that I did it. You know, um, to be honest with you, I like, and that's the thing, it's not one or the other. I, I feel like it's both because the art is a method of starting a conversation and so there are times where people are going to want to know what your process is, right? Or the reason that you created the art, like what's behind this? And, you know, at that point, I think a lot of a lot of creatives are worried that it needs to make sense, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't need to make sense in any kind of profound way or anything like that. It just needs to make sense for you. It's like, well, I created this because I like this color combination and I wanted to see what I could pull off with it. I created this because, you know, I left the corporate world and I, you know, and it, it doesn't really have to make sense in any way, shape or form to the other person, as long as the art makes sense to you. And then they ask you and that's what you're telling them. Yeah. And so I think one of our Achilles heels as artists is that we take being understood way too seriously. Uh, And we make it stressful if we could be a little more cavalier about it. And that also comes with your own security, like you just said. When it makes sense to you, you're not as worried if it makes sense to other people. When you're not quite sure what it means to you, then it's almost like it's more important that other people understand it because you haven't found your footing yet, if that makes sense. Then you have something to prove, air quotes. (laughs) Um, so the stronger you're standing in your own footing of understanding what you're doing, the less you kind of need that validation of being understood. And the more effective it is because cavalier fun, uh, weirdness goes over a lot better than serious, um, needy weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's a great way of putting it. Aurora said, I've noticed as a writer that most popular things seem to be very formulaic. I've been told that my novels are just too far out of the box to be marketable. Writing to market would be so boring. Here's the thing. Um, When it comes to writing music or anything like that, everything is marketable, right? Now, is there an existing boring niche that already makes it marketable and that's the thing it's like realizing that as a creative we are the trailblazers Mm -hmm. as Cruz said we're the ones that are creating something that doesn't exist yet and certain people will take a chance on it and then become big fans certain people will not become big fans no matter what every single thing out there that has an existing niche or is popular quote-unquote popular wasn't popular in the beginning Mm -hmm. it just wasn't and it wasn't something that people would consider marketable and absolutely is now i mean any of the big art movements when you look at it like the impressionist movements or any of those movements they weren't considered marketable because there wasn't a market for them to begin with abstract art wasn't considered marketable because it didn't exist yet it was there was a market for portraiture and you know landscape art but like this weird thing there's no market for it and that's the thing your persistence is what makes it marketable that's plain and simple and i do think that it's important that we keep pushing those boundaries in all the genres um and especially what we're writing right because 
what we're writing. I mean, just like visual arts and music and all the things, but writing, we're writing, we're record keeping the ways of thinking of creative humans right now. And of course, those ways are not going to fit into the ways of human thinking 20 years ago or 40 years ago or 100 years ago. I mean, shit, 100 years ago, people were like... You better be you trailblazing. Know, I mean, you're, you're throwing poo out your window. Shel- you know? Yeah, the <laughs> so, ways of thinking were different. And, yeah. But I'll say too, you know, Shel Silverstein, weirdo. Yeah. Dr. Seuss, weirdo. I'm sure they told the Choose Your Own Adventure books people to not quit their day this job. This is not the right structure um, for a book. I picked up a book at a free library called Musings on a Slice of Watermelon Pickle, and I grabbed it, and I was like, you get me. <laughs> uh, I think it's very important that we keep up with ourselves and where we're at in our thinking process right now and not worry so much that it fits. If you want fame and fortune, go ahead and jump on an existing niche and just create for the sake of becoming, you know, famous. If you want to change the world, then create what you love to create. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Because you're either jumping on a bandwagon and doing the same shit that everybody else is doing, or you're creating something that is unique and original to you. And that's that's pretty much the gist of it. Jenny said, that happens often right away when people say you should only do whatever. I usually stop doing it mainly because it stresses my waters. My waters. Except Day of the Dead stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Shan Chan said, if it was normal, people wouldn't eat it up as content. That's right. That's right. Trying to explain yourself when they don't get it just digs a bigger hole. That's correct, Shan Chan. It really does. I want to say something here based on that comment because this is important. And this is a conversation that you and I have had many, many times, Clee, where you don't have to explain yourself. You don't. No. For whatever reason, no matter what it is, you don't have to explain yourself. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that introverts and like artists out there, whenever they're doing an art show, they're super worried that somebody's going to ask them about their art. And that's great. If you have something, then you, you know, you talk about it. But when it comes down to it, if they're like, well, what, but if they ask you a question that you don't want to talk about, you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to explain it. You know, you don't have to explain that process. You don't have to explain why it is that you created something. You don't have to explain why it is that's the biggest, I would say, roadblock for starting uh, an art career is trying to explain having an art career to someone who is not being supportive to you and trying to get them on board, right? Like basically you are over explaining yourself because you are trying to get them on board and mm-hmm. all you're doing is discouraging yourself from moving forward. On hand said, I've learned that I'm just not as good with words as I am with pictures, so I often end up drawing the other person a picture, but yeah, sometimes they just don't get it. Yeah. I've also heard myself say that too on hand. In fact, man, that was like I was flying that flag as my main motto. Like I can I can lyric it better than I can say it or I can draw it better than I can say it. And that's, um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. But I also found that the more that I engaged with people, the better I was at communicating, even when I couldn't explain something. But I think just comfort levels 
um, are, become greater the more you do it, of course. I think and... the more you do it, the more the more you do it, and the more you start letting go of trying to explain yourself or trying to make sense. That's where it becomes easier, right? You get to a place where you just communicate and you allow yourself to communicate. And I would say that that's the reason. Like, okay, so I'm I'm good at expressing myself through art. Uh, saying I'm good at expressing myself through art or through music mm -hmm. than I am in speaking or in writing. And the truth of it is that you're a little bit looser when it comes to drawing. You're a little bit looser when it comes to writing your lyrics. You're, you might be a little uptight when it comes to having a verbal conversation because you think that you're going to get it wrong and you don't. You don't, again, you don't have to make sense. It doesn't need to mm -hmm. make sense to anyone other than you. Also, um, not only are you usually a little bit looser, but you also don't have um, the pressure of uh, quick quickness. I think that was a big thing for me was like, um, sometimes I need to sit with something before I know what I think. Uh, and so it was easier for me to sit alone and like jot my thoughts down on a paper rather than being expected to respond um, quickly in a conversation, that was a stress point for me. But I also realized over time that it was okay to be like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what I think about that. I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to let that marinate or I'm going to need to sit with that for a minute. And, um, and that's fine. Right. And you don't have to pre-plan the correct response in conversation. In fact, it's more effective if you're not trying to pre-plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because then, um, then you're present in the conversation. If yeah. not, you're just in your head. And that's exhausting. Totally. It is exhausting. Zara said, I, and this is in response to my putting my wish out there that people would ask more questions. And a lot of people do and are becoming even better and better at it. But I feel like they don't know what to ask or how to understand. Like they don't have much to connect it to. And so it's kind of your job as the conveyor to connect it to something that's already in their experience for them to grasp. And that's so true. Rafi's really good at this. I've watched him do this over the years. Understanding where a person's coming from and then connecting what he's saying with something that they can relate to in a way that's very tangible and accessible for them. That's a great skill to develop. Now, you don't always know where someone's coming from or what they're going to resonate with, but usually they'll give you little indicators. There's usually little indicators and really it's just a matter of like trying, you know, it, it's, it's, you're, you're having a conversation you're getting to know somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that you need to cater to their whims and what they want. It just means that during the conversation, you're doing the best you can to try and understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do really is like you say something, right. And it doesn't make sense to them and that's fine. And then you make an analogy to it. You'll say, well, that's kind of like blank. Well, that's kind of like blank. Or you ask them a question to see where they're at and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. for me, that's fun because I, I, I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm not terrified of people um, like I used to be. And because I'm not afraid of their opinion of me. Right. And I think that that's, that's the, that's, that's the equilibrium that's where you get your equilibrium for having a conversation is understanding like i can walk away from kind of like shan shan says i once awkwardly said i'm just gonna stop talking now and that's totally shan okay shan, right? i've said that so many times <laughs> when i get nervous and i still till this day will get nervous for whatever reason i gotta figure them out as they happen right 
you know, it's like after if, if I find myself like talking a lot, talking a lot, talking a lot, I'm like, what is going on here? Like something about this interaction has made me nervous. Maybe it's this person's quote unquote status label, whatever it is somewhere in my my brain. There's a facet of dumbness that thinks that like they're the ones like, oh, I need to I need to make sure that this person likes me or respects me or whatever. And then I find myself over explaining and talking and at some point I'll catch myself and I'll say like, you know what? I'm just going to stop talking now. Um, and I'll let them know because for whatever reason, I'm nervous talking to you and I am just blurting out stuff and not really thinking about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And no one has ever like, no one has ever looked at me when I said that and, oh, well, you are, bl-, you know, and if they did, I'd be like, well, fuck you then. You know, like, I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes a difference. Context, right? If someone's trying to understand you from a curiosity point of view and the pace is on point with that, it's a lot easier than if someone's coming at you from like an accusatory point of view, which, you know, where you're like trying to justify your life choices to them kind of thing. Um, Sarah says, only time I ever care about being understood is when they're thinking uh, that they actually want to buy it. Otherwise, I don't even care what they think of me or my art. I paint what I, you know, Sarah, I would say that that still is, you know, and you guys have heard me say this over and over. Don't let the money dictate your actions, right? I never care about what somebody thinks about my art because I don't care if they buy it or not. If they buy it, that's up to them, right? There is nothing that I'm going to say or do that is going to cause them to buy it. Mm -hmm. If anything, um, if I am desperate to make the sale, then uh, honestly, I've seen myself dissuade people from buying it because now I've thrown way too much at them. And, you know... I will ask everybody out there listening to this and be honest with yourselves. Whenever you've run into someone who is grossly desperate for money, you almost, you want to like tear yourself away. You want to get away from them. Um, And the same thing happens, you know, obviously we all want to sell our art, but you really have to be mindful of. Desperation is the strongest human repellent. It, it really well, is. Well, it's one of them. Yeah. I'll say. One of them. Jenny said, brains are interesting. I had a painting. Someone was looking at it. It said, it's so sad. And it bothered them. Now, that was a very happy painting. Colorful <laughs> and joyfully painted. Perspective is everything. Absolutely, right? Jenny. Absolutely. Jenny, that has happened to me so many times where somebody comes in and is like, I... I feel there's a lot of sadness behind us. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the day that I left corporate and I was like excited to leave. Just, like, just think about the color red. Okay. Like Rafi and I have had countless conversations about the color red, what the color red can symbolize, what feelings it evokes. I had a really strong aversion to red when I met Rafi because of my own personal buttons and how I, what context I always put red into. Just the color red can evoke strong opposing opinions. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so Exactly. Yeah, um, you and I would it would get into these like long conversations about it and I was like, "Well, what is it what does it mean to you?" Cuz and that's part of the fascination, right? Jenny, like somebody comes up to you and they're like, "It's so sad and it bothers me." 
And as the artist, knowing full well what your intention was behind the art, like that's, I'm always fat, like really? So, so what is it that, that causes, what is the feeling that you're having? Yeah. And that like evokes a really good conversation um, with that person. And a lot of times it's funny watching the direction that that conversation goes after having, after having it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh Aurora said, Clee mentioning all of my fave childhood books. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it was, um, just to touch back on that, they're classics now, right? Rolled Doll, uh, was probably one of my favorite. Matilda, I love the story. The Witches. The Witches. Um, Super weird for their time, but now they're classics. I mean, come on. The Giving Tree. Have you ever looked at the picture on the back cover? Of the give the author picture on the back cover yes. of the Giving Tree, I'm oh, like, yeah. this guy is psycho. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. Um, Zara said, "Oh my God, my art compositions are spiritually based, and I love talking about it. That's actually my path. That's great." Aurora said, "I'm autistic. Talking is never going to be my strong suit. Writing and music are more my strong suit. My stories are like watching a movie in my head. A lot gets lost in translation." Yeah, but Aurora, you know, and I, I think, I think you're um, when it when it comes to that, a lot gets lost in translation, no matter what, because words totally. words are very limited. You know, words are very limited, even in writing. Like um, I could the beauty of writing is that you're able to add more detail into um, what you're writing. You could write an entire paragraph or a few paragraphs based on one thing, trying to explain it using several different words to explain it. Right. When you're having a conversation, you're just picking words out of the ether really quickly. And a lot of times those words don't find they, they don't really compress into the meaning that you're looking for. You know what I mean? It, basically it, what you're saying is every, everything, there's going to be bits that get lost in translation. Everything, there's always going to be bits that get lost in translation. Sometimes it boggles my mind that language exists at all and that we can understand each other at all because it is a bunch of utterances of sound that happen really, really quickly. And sometimes I go into that headspace where I'm like, Language stopped making sense to me for like a split second. And then I'm like, language is crazy. You ever think about that? Like if an alien were to come, right? And like we we hear sounds, we hear like words and different things like that. Like what I'm saying right now. And that alien, all they would hear is like the gross... Uh, throat vibra- sounds and throat mouth noises. vibration and mouth noises and we'd be like saying like welcome to our planet and all they'd hear is like bleh, 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 bleh. yeah it'd be like so gross uh yeah yeah it's... that's that's what we are when we talk we're gross that's pretty much what i'm saying here so even um when they did the study about communication right like verbal and written communication only conveys like what 20 percent of what you're trying to say or something like uh-huh. that well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So verbal communication is only 20%. Um, body language, you know, the unspoken communication accounts for a huge percentage of it, right? So mm-hmm. the way that you, um, your facial expressions, the way you move your body when you're talking, right? Um, a good example is somebody uh, with their shoulders hunched over, 
and they kind of like glance up at you mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm so excited today. And you're right? like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Body language, <laughs> tonality and words. The way that you say things really, really matters. And I mean, I that's that's the thing. It's like a lot of times that's why you have to be authentic, because a lot of times people will say, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And it, it's a, it's almost like just slapping a happy face sticker on their face. And it's like, no, you got to you got to find ways to really be genuinely authentic and real. And if you're going to do a thing, try and psych yourself up and be excited to do that thing so that your full self is there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Zara said, yep, got to be neutral to what others think. It's just where they are. And nothing to do with where I'm at. Just different perspective, experience. Doesn't need to be a big deal. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't need to uh, be a big deal. It is for some people because they think about it way too much. Uh, People pleasers are a big, um, they will run into big problems when it comes to that because they're constantly thinking about what the other person thinks of them versus. Yeah, a lot of people develop that need um, because of, you know, social stuff. It's a survival mechanism to want to be understood. Unhand said, so true. Perspective is everything. My wife looks at one of my pieces about hope and joy in the face of hardship, and she only sees the rain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's the beauty of art is that it's translatable. Here's the the real truth about that. Whether it's words that are coming out of your mouth, whether it's words that you've written down, whether it is a painting, a song, a movie, any kind of creation that's out there, it will always, always mean whatever the person thinks it means. Mm -hmm. Right. Even the words that are coming out of my mouth and as people are going to take it several different ways. Right. So if I'm I want to communicate as as clearly as I can, but it needs to. uh, The only thing that I have control over when it comes to that is making sure that it makes sense to me. Right. I can't I can't really get in somebody else's shoes and try to make something make sense to them. I could try and approach the subject from different uh, perspectives, but they're still my perspectives. Totally. Right. So like if I'm super concerned about whether or not I'm making sense to someone, I, then, it, you know, and oh, well, what should I say to make it make sense to them? Then I'm going to drive myself crazy. And especially if I'm thinking of like a larger audience, like we have a YouTube audience and like I could only say things that make sense to me. And whoever's listening is going to hear whatever it is that they think I'm saying. And that's that's the truth of it. That's, and that's the truth of it. Why ultimately I, I'm coming back to like this idea that the more you understand yourself, the less you are concerned with being understood. Um, because the more you understand yourself, the more you trust yourself and the more that you're looking for your own kind of internal acceptance and the less you kind of look for it elsewhere. And then you can have fun yeah. with this instead of it being about stress and survival. And I'm saying this is somebody who really, like, really, in a really stressful kind of way, felt for the longest time like I needed to be understood and wasn't. And gosh, if there was anything that me and Rafi would argue about when we were first dating, it was me really needing to be understood in this bad kind of way. And 
I do find that to be true, that the more you understand yourself, the less pressure there is. It's funny, though, because the first thing was uh, one of the first times that you contradicted that entire statement was when we were listening to a song and they were saying Guero, right? Guero, yeah. Guero, uh, the, the Beck song. And I was like, yeah, Guero. And then you were like, it's Guero. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, um, out of the two of us. Okay, I was a bit of a know-it-all also, and I did try to explain a Spanish word to Rafi, who is Hispanic, so there was that. (laughs) Definitely. Which you, so your response was funny and cavalier and not serious at all because you didn't. Right, I didn't didn't take it personally. So that helped us both laugh about it, and that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? You're not insecure about your ability to speak Spanish. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, that's the truth of it. Like whatever it is that you're insecure about, that's the thing that you're going to struggle with the most. To take seriously and feel stressed. Shan Shan says self-image and confidence. That's really ultimately the, the thing. It's like if when you are standing in your own on your own two feet and you have that self-confidence, you're not going to worry about it making sense to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna, you're, you're just going to want to communicate in the best way that you possibly can. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shan Shan said senior year, I got in trouble for doing something to, to- get peeps to like me. Uh, this girl hugged me and said she thought I was an alien that didn't care if others liked me. Uh, the irony is that the, hu- um, of that hug is that the event made me care less what others thought. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes when you lean That's pretty good. lean into the ridiculous, have have your dada moments, have your dada hours or days. One of the things that helped me lean into the ridiculous and break me out of the need that I felt to be taken seriously or be understood was our 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 stint where we did 30 videos in 30 days on oh, YouTube God. and I had to dress up in all these ludicrous costumes and play all these ridiculous characters and look goofy 100% of the time and write dialogue on the fly about these narratives that were nonsensical for the most part and then it was going on YouTube for anyone to see and comment on and after that 30 days I was like it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> like it's it's hilarious how things and those are those are those challenges that you pose for yourself, you know, because you you want to I am somebody that doesn't like having I don't want to buy into my insecurities. So when I hear myself say anything that is um based on an insecurity like, you know what, I'm not really good at this then I analyze that and say like, well, is this taking away? Does this make me feel bad that I'm not good at this? Well, then I'm going to fucking get good at it. You know, I'm go- I'm going to practice. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to face that fear. I'm going to do this thing. I'm not good. I remember in the very beginning of us doing this, like I'm not really good um, talking to people about my art. That was one of my narratives. I'm not really good about... All the all these different things, but little by little over the years, because I was like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person that just hides behind my excuse and like doesn't actually face this fear and puts it. I am capable of anything and everything. There is no way, shape or form that I'm going to allow my own insecurities to dictate what my life is going to be. And that's the reality of it. It's like and along with that comes that idea that like you don't have to make sense to anybody. 
Right. You just you just got to stand in your own confidence and understand like you're going to have insecurities, you're going to have your your own doubts come in and try to feed the flames of of insecurity and uh, it's up to you to face them. You're not doing this thing. I'm not talking to someone because I want them to like me. I am talking to someone. I'm putting myself in a position where I have to talk to people in order to be stronger at talking to people. You do it for you. I do it for me. Not for them. Exactly. Anybody who has anybody in their life who's difficult, <laughs> like who's not listening to you when you're talking, who keeps repeating the same mistakes, who keeps causing you the same kind of emotional distress, understands after a while that everything you say is for you. Yeah. Because really, like... You can share things with people and they might take what they want to from it. But at the end of the day, uh, almost 100% of what you do is really for you and your own understanding. Every word that comes out of your mouth is your, it's, a, it's, an, it's either empowering or disempowering for you. And that's really the truth of it. Whenever you're talking to anyone else, it doesn't have anything to do with them. What is coming out of your mouth is all about you. And it's meant to either empower you in that moment or disempower you in that moment. Jenny asked, have you ever stepped back from, say, a commission or sale when a person makes you work for it? <laughs> like they're riding your butt, challenging you. Like, dude, do you want this as a trophy for being a D? <laughs> <laughs> I don't accept commissions like that anymore. And if by any chance someone sneaks in like that, um, I have I have given refunds. I did tell a lady that she couldn't buy a necklace from me one time at market because I didn't like how she came at me. Like, <laughs> I mean, I told a lady that I've told plenty of people that, they, no, I'm not selling this today. I, yeah. you know, and that's the beauty of it. When you're not chasing a buck, like you get to be real. Yeah. You get to be really real. And somebody comes up and they're giving you some like shit offer for your art Right. And they're showing absolutely no kind of appreciation for the art or nothing extra that is, you know, and, and instead of like basically selling your soul just to make a buck, you're willing to say, you know what? No, it's not for sale today. Shan Chan said, I have to say, I read self-help books and they really do help you learn to think positive and have a good self-image if you use the advice. A lot, a lot of them, a lot of them do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good information out there that's, that's available. And Zara said, yes, I'm here to understand myself and express my point of view. No one else has my exact perspective and experience. How awesome and valuable that I can share that in any way. It's priceless. Absolutely. That's well said, Zara. That's yeah. a very awesome way to say that. That incredible thing that we do for each other is share that perspective that no one else can, can have. Jenny said, people correct me on the pronunciation of my last name. At least once a week, someone says, you mean, insert incorrect pronunciation <laughs> here. It's like, no, um, maybe maybe you're right. I mean, it has been my my name for my entire life, though. So there's that. Um, I can totally relate to that because uh, my first name, Clee, K-L-E-E. -E. Is spelled exactly in the way that the famous artist Paul Clay spells his last name. Um, and because his last name is pronounced Clay, pronounced, pronounced, that's funny. Pronounced. Pronounced Clay. Um, I've had numerous people correct me and on the pronunciation of my Which first name. Which is hilarious to me. I've been in the room when people are like, do you mean Clay? I'm like, no. No. 
<laughs> no, it's not spelled C L A Y. You know, and like even, that's that's my response. Right. It's like no, it's not. No, she pronounces it right. Paul Clay, like they they pronounced it wrong. Well, he's not around to say, <laughs> right? Um, but it's funny how um, you know what's what's the most popular pronunciation of a thing. Kind of like people will try to like correct you, even if it's your name. <laughs> I mean, and also you run into people that are like that, where they 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 run semantics by you, like this is this is truth grounded in stone. When you're having that conversation with them, you know, and. It's hilarious because there is no truth grounded in stone. It's just perspectives. It's a bunch of perspectives and what you grew up learning and thinking that, well, this is how I learned it, so it must be true for everyone, and it's just not. It's not. And again, one of the reasons that you don't have to make sense because nothing in the world really makes sense. Like, it's, it's, all just, it's all just a ball of crap. <laughs> a ball of awesome crap we, i would say um well we made up all of it's made up yeah and it's that's made up. why it's made up by us that's why it keeps changing yeah we keep changing we made we made everything up every construct every system <laughs> we made it all up we did, all the utterances of sound that come out of our voice that sound like gross to aliens that we made it all up yeah um so i want to talk to you guys about the sponsors for our video today our podcast our podcast sorry about that i want to talk to you about the sponsors for the podcast one of the sponsors our sponsor today is um my heart goes swimming one of our awesome rogues that's her business she does life and leadership coaching through positive creative partnership alongside djing and art making. She is amazing. Leslie, Leslie the Dapper Kiwi. She's awesome. And if you want to find Leslie, you can find her on Instagram at, at Leslie, L E S L E Y underscore B underscore Dapper Kiwi. And it's spelled exactly how it's spelled. So let's give a big shout out to Leslie because she is awesome Woo-hoo. and we love her. And the other thing that is sponsoring this video is the 2024 limited edition signed calendars by artist Rafi Perez. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I don't have any kind of thing. So if you are interested in getting the limited edition 2024 calendar, which is stock full of silly holidays and, and so good uh, um, artwork. So yeah. good artwork. This year I did my, because I have a series called the Love Is series um, that I just love. It's my little cute people. This is one of those things. That's one of those series that the whole don't make sense. When I first came up with them, I created, I want to say um, like 24 of them. And I was really excited. They're just these little like stick figure people, right? And I created them on canvas. Like this is art. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't take these out to the market, you know, because they're not fine art. I was like, like, whatever. I heart them so hard. Yeah. Kelly ordered hers. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. So I love that series. And that series, when I did take it out to the market, it was a hit right away. So I'm really excited to have a calendar where every month is one of these, you know, one of these little love is characters and obviously each month has also a motivational quote that we put on there mm-hmm. and all the silly holidays all the really fun silly holidays like ballpoint pen day yeah stuff like that <laughs> so 
Yeah, if you want one of those calendars, go to www.rafiandklee.com. That's our website. And not only will you see the calendars, but you'll see artwork from me and Klee's amazing jewelry. And that's it for our sponsors. Our sponsors are us and Leslie. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you to the Rogue family for being here live. Thank you to all of you who are listening to the recorded version of this. We appreciate you so very much, even if we don't understand you. Yeah, we don't have to understand. (laughs) You don't have to make sense to us for us to adore you. Trust me, there are plenty of people that tell us that they love both of us and they have no idea what we're, you know, they don't, we don't make sense to people. And so at the end of this, I would say that my message is go out there, just be yourself and don't concern yourself with making sense to people. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. You just got to be you. That's the only thing really, if you want to talk about what you have control, you don't have control over whether or not you're going to make sense to anybody anyway. So why waste your time doing that? that. The one thing that you do have control over is whether or not you make sense to you. Understand yourself, have fun with yourself and understand that you're always going to be changing and evolving. And that's it for this podcast. You guys, thank you again, as Klee said, for being here. And yeah, I would say that. Did you do the subscribe thing? Oh, yeah. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, I'm not sure what platform you're on, but go ahead and follow, subscribe, or whatever it is that you need to do so you could stay updated on us every week. And, yeah, you want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios. Adios.